On this episode of the Calgary Stampeder podcast, we talk about the return of Trey Roberson. Rene Paredes was named one of the top performers of the week. Bo Levi Mitchell has a chance to break a record. Is he the greatest Stamps quarterback of all time? And the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are here in Calgary again this Saturday. Can the Stamps go three for three? Episode 4 of the Calgary Stampeder Podcast, brought to you by Valentine Volvo and Volvo Fine Cars Royal Oak. This episode name is He's Coming Back, Jock, and uh, what a better place to start than Trey Roberson coming back to the Calgary Stampeders after uh, a stint down in the NFL with the Chicago Bears. Jock, uh, your initial thoughts when the news came out on Tuesday? Well, you know, hey, the CFL is a much better place because Trey Roberson is coming back. And as I sort of joked earlier this week on Sports Talk, you know, hey, I'll see your Duke Williams (laughs) and I'll raise you a Trey (laughs) Roberson because, hey, let's be honest, you know, Defense wins championships. I firmly believe that. And even though the secondary is one of the strengths of the Calgary Stampeders, you just add to the depth, and he is maybe the best boundary quarter uh, corner in the Canadian Football League. At least he was back in 2018 and and 2019. So how can you pass up, you know, on a player like Trey Roberson if he wants to come back to Calgary? Everybody knows the numbers. I could bore you to death with the numbers, but <laughs> he's just an athletic individual. And 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 I think the the favorite highlight for me was that game in 2019 when he goes up and vertical and blocks the kick uh, to to beat the Hamilton Tiger Cats, you know, and, and that's just a pure athlete from that standpoint. So, you know, he's had pick sixes. He's had fumble recoveries for touchdowns. He's just been a, a star player. And, and so, you know, getting players like Duke Williams back to the Canadian Football League, getting players like, you know, Tra, uh, Trey Roberson back to the Canadian Football League, it just makes the uh, Canadian Football League that much better. Too bad he's not going to be available for the Riders this weekend. But uh, I tell you what, he, he is going to be a nice add uh, down the stretch. Yeah, I look at uh, what you said, Jock, uh, the def- defense wins championships 27-16 in that Grey Cup in 2018. A member of that Calgary Stampeder team was mm-hmm. Trey Roberson. Oh, and that brings me to my favorite Trey Roberson moment because I was at that game, Jock, and who came up with the clinching interception to win that game? Uh, Mr. Trey Roberson. Thank you very much. Uh, Grey Cup championship ring. Yeah, that's what I like to see. So uh, we know that uh, obviously the whole team is happy, but I don't think anybody is as happy as his uh, former roomie, Deshaun Amos. That's why I sat down with a smile on my face. Uh, that's my guy, man. Uh, I was my roommate in 19, uh, so we had a we created a very close bond, and uh, he taught me a lot of the game uh, just because we were at the same uh, mini camp, actually, uh, when I first got introduced to the Calgary Stampeders and the Canadian Football League. And um, just his growth from there to when I finally got here, um, he was able to basically show me, show me the ropes as a young guy. So, Jock, what what does this mean? Because we've talked all year about what the Calgary Stampeders' strength strengths are, and we've always kind of looked at position wise the defensive back group. So, you look at a Trey Roberson coming in. Look, this team loves competition at position groups. They love to have guys going head to head and and battling for who's going to be the starter. But obviously, Trey's going to come in. And he's he's going to be a starter. You don't bring in a Trey Roberson to sit him on the bench. So, what do you think happens moving forward? With Trey Roberson, I, I think it's a very fair question because I got into it a little bit earlier this week with our CFL insider Glenn Suter, and and Glenn Suter is a firm believer because he's played the game and he knows how important 
chemistry is in the dressing room. And when you bring back a player like Trey, obviously there is going to be a starter that basically gets shuffled aside and loses that starting role. And, and, and hey, let's, let's be honest, it's probably going to be a Jonathan Moxie, and, and that's just the natural transition because that's the corner position that Trey Roberson plays. But it's not like Moxie's going to lose a paycheck because he is still going to be on the roster and he will still be a great backup, and so he will you know, add to that overall depth you know, to the football club. And, and, and yes, I, I get it. Some people were saying, well, why are we going after and get, getting another, uh, you know, uh, player in the secondary where we probably could be getting a, you know, could we get Reggie Begleton back and bring back a, another outstanding receiver? Well, hopefully the Calgary Stampeders are going to get Kamar Jordan back. You know, Josh Huff won't be, you know, puking into the toilet this week and he'll be, uh, he'll be good to go. <laughs> so from that perspective, you know, you are starting to get some of these receivers back and you really break down the Calgary Stampeders now and, and, and here this team is after 10 games, only four regular season games left, you know, they're five and five. They're certainly trending in the right direction. Special teams, I would say they have the best special teams in the Canadian Football League. I would say defensively, they're on par with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers because I think the secondary is better than Winnipeg's. I think the linebacking core is better than Winnipeg's. You know, yes, you could probably give the edge to Winnipeg with that defensive line because, you know, of the two big studs that are their, their defensive ends. But Calgary's defensive line is getting better too. And, and the Stampeders offense, it's been a work in progress all season long. There have been some highs, there's been some lows, but they're trending in the right direction now as well. So if you're any team in the Canadian Football League, a.k.a. the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, you're probably not worried about any other team except the Calgary Stampeders. Yeah, you look at the way that this team has grown since the course or over the course of the season since the beginning, everything has gotten better outside of Labor Day, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like you say, the linebacking core is something that I don't think you touch right now. Oh, just the way Jameer Thurman is a stud. Darnell yeah. Sankey is outstanding. You know, Brandon Dozier was playing so well that Jamar Wall couldn't get his old spot back. <laughs> exactly. So, um, you, like I said when we were leading into this, my question to you, to Jock, it, you just don't bring in Trey Roberson to sit him on the bench. So they're going to have to make a change. Where mm-hmm. that's going to be, uh, I don't think we know yet. I don't think the Stamps know yet. Here's Dave Dickinson talking about it when we got the news Trey was going to sign with the squad. Listen, I know he's versatile, but yes, he can play corner. I think he play anywhere. I mean, honestly, he's he's so athletic. And uh, I like I said, when he was here, uh, he got concussed up uh, in a game, and I don't think he was quite the same guy after that. But other than that, he's always been a ball hawk, uh, a good cover guy, and uh, and a guy that we like in our locker room. So it's kind of a wait-and-see approach, Jock. Obviously, we have to get through mandatory quarantines here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, later on today, we're recording this on uh, on Wednesday, Trey Roberson's actually going to speak to the media at 2.30. You got the Zoom call invitation for that one, Jock. So uh, we'll see where uh, Trey's at uh, and, and everything he's uh, been through over the last, I don't know, six, uh, 16, 18 months like everybody else and, and his thoughts on coming back to the team. Uh, one guy that we know made an impact over the weekend, has been making an impact all season, has been making an impact for... 10 years or so is Rene Paredes and uh, obviously uh, rewarded with that six field goal game in BC with uh, the top performer of the week. Uh, here was what Rene had to say when it comes to being that top performer. Yeah, it's one of my best years for sure. Um, um, you know, I've had many, many good years. Uh, this one's a little different. I, you know, I've been hurt all training camp and uh, to be kicking this way is pretty, uh, it's pretty good. Um, hopefully I can uh, keep it going. Jock, we, we've we've gone on about Renee before, but what he's doing this year, um, he thinks it's his best year. Dave thinks it's his best year. He's been excellent for the team, and we know he's been dealing with stuff, as he said uh, in that clip. He's been dealing with some injuries, mm-hmm. but for me it's been 
it's been pretty incredible to have a Mr. Automatic back there. You throw that, we throw that, you know, that cliche around a lot, Mr. Automatic. Yeah. But it's no more true than it, than we've seen with Renee this year, and he's been excellent. The numbers don't lie. Yeah. You know, he's he's hit almost you know ninety percent of his field goals. What is he thirty five of thirty nine? You know, he's fifteen for fifteen on converts. You know, he's coming off a six for six game. I thought he should have been the top performer against Saskatchewan because yeah. you know when he nails the game winning field goal because you know hey a, a big blow win over BC and yes you're six for six. That's more of a, a direct shot at uh, you know Bo Levi in the <laughs> offense for not getting the ball into the end zone. You know, but thank goodness you got Renee Paredes going when when a kicker is called upon to make a game-winning kick. That is a totally different story. Because, again, I'll I'll go back, you know, and and Dave Dickinson has said it. The best game this team has played all season long was a loss to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. They lose by two points, and they lose because of a 52-yard miss by Rene Paredes. A rare miss but by Rene Paredes. And, you know, hey, that, that was when the Stamps, you know, weren't really finding their 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 mojo at the time. So that was a really, really good football game, and, and you were that close to beating the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. So any, anyway, yeah, what, what can you say? And I, I love the clip from Dave Dickinson saying, you know, sooner or later we're going to have to think about life after Rene. Uh, hopefully that's not for a few more years. Here is that clip. Yeah, I mean, we've been spoiled for, with him and then uh, having Mays, and then now with Cody, I think our kicking game is right there at the tops of anybody in the league, so... Um, yeah, you, you don't necessarily want to think about life without Renee, but you know, at some point it's going to happen, but you do take him for granted a little bit because he's so consistent and, you know, it's probably been his best year so far. So, um, glad about that. And I'm hoping he can build on it. Yeah. For me, Jock Renee has just been, it's what, like, I'm, I'm on the sideline. I get to see, you know, he's a stretcher as they like to say, like, Mm -hmm. he's always been a guy who likes to stretch in between every play. This year, it's a lot. Like, he's getting medical personnel over yeah. to help him stretch. He's dealing with with some pain. There's no doubt about it. And to be as efficient as he's been this year, dealing with that pain, it's just been impressive for me. And, and let's not forget, over his time here in Calgary, he's had a number of different holders. You know, there was great chemistry yes. between himself and Rob Maver. Mm-hmm. Now you've got Cody Grace, you know, doing that job for the Calgary. And that that really is, you know, a, a teamwork. And they've had different long snappers in yep. the mix as well. So that <laughs> is is part of it. And you know, Aaron Crawford has done a really, really nice job. So, yeah, you, you can you can only be good, but you got to make sure it's a team effort, and that means you got to have the perfect hold, you got to have the great snap, and you know, obviously, you got to get the do- job done by with the kick as well. Yeah, let's hope we're not putting the hex on him right now <laughs> for this weekend. <laughs> yeah, riders, no. <laughs> so uh, let's move on, Jack. We got uh, Bo, uh, a very uh, cool record that he could break uh, this weekend. The completions mm-hmm. record, I believe he's two away from uh, breaking Henry Burris's record for the most completions in Stampeder franchise. Here's Bo talking about breaking the record uh, heading into this game against Saskatchewan. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, anytime you can, uh, you know, break a team record, um, you know, when it's been a, a team like this with the history of quarterbacks it's had is very special. Um, obviously, I think, you know, yards, touchdowns kind of matter more. Um, you know, I think uh, I think he's still ahead of me in yards, so it's kind of kind of sour. But, uh, yeah, I'm uh, excited for it. Um, not something I'll be thinking about at all, but uh, definitely when the end of the career is done, it'd be cool to think about some of the records out there. Now, obviously, Jock, that's what Bo's going to say. He's not thinking about the record. Uh, I did like the fact that he's a little sour, that he's not quite there on the yardage yet. But uh, Bo uh, and everything he's done over the course of his career with the Calgary Stampeders, uh, he's been a lot of fun to watch. And he's just, and that's kind of 
it's this early in his career. He's, you know, he's a little bit behind on the yards. I shouldn't say early in his career. He's a veteran, obviously, but he's, it's his efficiency. It's been, he's been efficient and, yeah. and that doesn't just speak with his completions or speak to his completions. It also speaks to his, his win percentage, which we yeah. know is the best ever. Uh, just Bo going into this weekend, uh, your thoughts on, on maybe breaking this record. Well, I, I sort of joked with Dave Dickinson earlier this week. I said, you know, thanks for, uh, thanks for benching, you know, Bo at the end of that, uh, you know, tail game against BC <laughs> and bringing in uh, Michael O'Connor because, you know, you didn't want him to break the record on the road <laughs> no, in BC no. in front of BC fans. That made no sense at all. Yeah. So <laughs> so ultimately he was two away from uh, from breaking the record and, uh, you know, they, they did wrap it up with Michael O'Connor. So that was, that was a smart, intelligent coaching decision as far as I'm concerned because, you know, hey, you're at home. It's a huge game. It's the pink power game against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders looking to sweep against the Riders. And, and yeah, you know, we, we can get into the conversation. You know, I know there's a lot of love for Doug Flutie in this league and, and, and in this city because of what he did. But from a longevity perspective, hey, he's, he's, not, he's not breaking Doug Flutie's record this weekend. He's no. breaking Henry Burris's record. And Henry Burris was a hell of a quarterback, too. And, and I've had lots of people, you know, try to say, well, no, Doug Flutie's the best ever quarterback to play in Calgary. And I, if he would have played all of his seasons in Calgary, I would have said, yeah, you're yeah. probably right. But he wasn't. And, and, I, and, and they say, but look what he's done in the NFL. And I say, well, if you're going to use that comparison, <laughs> look what Jeff Garcia did in the NFL. Does that mean, you know, Jeff Garcia was, had better NFL numbers than Doug Flutie. Does that, mean, does that mean Jeff Garcia was the best quarterback to play in Calgary? I, I don't know. Um, you know, so I guess you can break it down. All, all I do is look at wins and losses. And all Bo Levi Mitchell has done is win, 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 manage great football games. He's got a rocket of an arm. He came in as a gunslinger. Do you know who his first ever completion was to in Calgary? Uh, Bowman or Chris something? Bauman. Chris, Chris Bauman. Bauman. Yeah, Bauman. Chris Bauman. That's exactly right. So, you know, he comes into a game. Kevin Glenn gets hurt late in the game. Uh, Drew Tate is already on the shelf, and he comes in, and I think he was one for three in that game. It was a seven-yard pass to Chris <laughs> Bauman. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, just, it's just one of those little quirks, you know, in the schedule. And then when he became the actual starter for this team, uh, he has done, he's done yeoman service. So, yeah, I, I don't know. You know, it, it's a great debate topic whether he is the, the, or not the best ever to play for the red and white. But I, I, I got to make a case that he is the best ever. For, for, for me, it's, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think yeah. he posts Doug Flutie for me. And I'm sure, you know, people who, who saw mm-hmm. uh, players before Doug Flutie will, will argue with this me. But Doug Flutie's best CFL quarterback ever. Yeah, I yep. would agree. And, I would and, agree. And Bo Levi Mitchell is the best Calgary Stampeder quarterback ever. Now, yeah. it's weird to make that distinction because how is the best CFL quarterback not the best Calgary Stampeder quarterback? Right. Well, it is his duration with the team. And you also look at, at Doug. He played with BC, and he also played with Toronto as right. well. So, yeah, Doug Flutie, for, for my money, is the best CFL quarterback ever. But I put him almost third on the list for yeah. the Calgary Stampeders. You look at Hank. You look at Bo. Those guys just had more service time with this team, and uh, nothing against Doug. Hey, I'm a big Doug Flutie fan. He's why I cheer for the NFL uh, team I I cheer for. Um, So uh, I'm with you. I think it's Bo in terms of best Stampeder quarterback ever. Uh, Doug can take the mantle for a best CFL quarterback ever, and I think you know if if you want to argue that, yeah, well, we do the that's why we do the podcast. and, And the other thing that you can look at is how many more years will Bo play? Yeah, you know he's had some injuries recently, broken leg, throw that out the window, but you know, the, the surgically repaired shoulder does concern me a little bit. So do I see, you know, Tom Brady-like years for Bo Levi Mitchell? Probably not. But, you know, what is he, 34 right now? I, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I don't have that number in front of me right now. I could ask Siri, hey, Siri, how old is uh, Bo Levi Mitchell? Uh, maybe Siri will answer me. 
But it, from that standpoint, um, you know, does he play till he's 40? 31. Is he 30? Oh, I, I gave him I'm yeah. much, much older than I thought he was. Yeah, so there you yeah. Go. 31 years old right now. Yeah. Um, and he won't turn he won't turn 32 till be, uh, the beginning of next season. There you go. So, uh, so hey, he's, he's going to play till at least he's 36. Yeah. So he's got he's got at least five more seasons. Yeah. I, he's going to have. And he's missed a season because of COVID. Yeah. And he's going to have, I would I would imagine, every quarterbacking record when he's done with this team. Mm-hmm. So uh, how do you say he might make a case? He's the best ever in the Canadian football league. And, you know, ahead of D- Doug Flutie at that, if, if he continues on the pace that he's on right now. Yeah. Adds a couple more great cups to yep. the, to the trophy case. Yep. I, I wouldn't argue with you. Um, all right, Jock third game of three against the Saskatchewan <laughs> Rough Riders. Uh, 2-0 so far. We've both talked about this uh, on and off air uh, in the pregame show, postgame show. This is going to be a tough one because it's just tough to beat a team in the CFL. We've seen it going into the playoffs, right? You win yeah. two games against a team uh, during the regular season then lose in the playoffs. We've seen that happen before. Uh, I think it's the same as same deal as the playoffs. This is going to be a very tough regular season game to win. Well, it, it's such an important game, too, because I am firmly convinced whoever wins this game this weekend is going to get home field advantage in the West semifinal. Because I look at the schedule, I think the Stampeder schedule is very, very soft after this one because you got Ottawa, you got BC, and then you got Winnipeg that will have nothing to play for because they'll have clinched first place already and home field advantage in, in the West final. So I like the Stampeder schedule. But, you know, Saskatchewan does have a game in hand. And if you lose this game, you're just that far behind. So it's going to be uh, very, very difficult for the Stampeders. But I'll say this. There's more pressure on Saskatchewan than there is in Calgary in this game. Oh, for because sure. Because Saskatchewan can't beat Calgary. Uh, Craig Dickinson can't beat his brother Dave. Cody Fajardo yep. can't beat Bo <laughs> Levi Mitchell. All of these things come into play. And right now, Ryder fans are freaking out because of the red and white and because of the Calgary Stampeders. So is there is there pressure on the Stampeders? Yes, but they've already won the season series. They've won two of three. So all of a sudden, if the Stampeders can make it three straight against the Riders, like you, you may as well just you know ship that team home back to Regina because they're done. Uh, th- th- their mental psyche will be blown out the window. And I, I do firmly believe there is huge pressure on the Riders in this game. Uh, I think it's what the Riders turn that pressure into. Yeah. Uh, if they, I, I honestly think if they don't get it going early and, and get a little bit of momentum that pressure turns into nerves, and can we beat this team? Mm-hmm. Why can't I beat Bo Levi Mitchell? Why can't I beat my brother? So I think that's where it really comes down to. If the Riders can get going early, I think it's a tough game for the yeah. Stamps to win. You know, and, and hey, you know, getting Duke Williams you know, into that receiving court, that, that is a nice add for them. And, you know, I, hey, don't get me wrong. I, I think the Riders are a good team. I'm not sure they're a great team. I'm not sure they're an elite team, but I'm not sure the Calgary Stampeders are an elite team yet either. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, if the Stampeders make it four in a row, they beat the Riders three times, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be ready to put the Stampeders in the category of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I really will be. Yeah. You know, and the power rankings, I think, will, will show that because, you know, flip a coin, who's better? The Stampeders, the Winnipeg Bloomers, but they got it. They got to take care of business first of all this weekend. They do, and uh, obviously, like Winnipeg, looking down the stretch, they're in no, they're in no way in any danger of giving yeah. up home field advantage through the West no. Division standings. But Calgary made a point to go in there into Winnipeg, yeah. and 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 like we talked about earlier in the podcast, missed it. They missed winning that game by a field goal. Yeah. So they've shown that they can play with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. They you know, took a couple steps back after that game, but now it looks in terms of the way they're trending over the last three games, they could compete with them down the stretch. Like I say, I hate if they do win this game on Saturday yeah. and then they end up hosting Saskatchewan here. That scares me. That, that just scares me. There's something about beating a team so many times in the CFL that it just scares me when it comes to the playoffs and, and your, your chances just... 
it, it, the odds, right? I, like I understand. I understand what you're saying, yeah. but but maybe there's just another reason to it. The Stampeders are a better team if that happens. That's that's and fair. so the, the you know if the Stampeders win this game, it, it won't concern me. But you know it can happen in a football game. You make uh, you know three or four mistakes and three or four turnovers, and and you can. But that's that's not that's not the Riders beating the Stampeders. That's the Stampeders beating themselves, and that can certainly happen. Yeah. you know from that uh, from that perspective. And, and you know what? The, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are a very, very good football club. But how many times have you seen it with this Calgary Stampeder team in the past? <laughs> you know, they wrap up the regular season. They're cruising into the playoffs. They rest a few players. And then they really don't have their, their mojo. And, you know, the rest versus rust, uh, you know, theory will all come into play. Um, and and I'm, I'm not sure it's, it's a great analogy, especially with, you know, with one game left in the season, it's fine. Then you get the break for the bye as the, uh, as the host yeah. of the Western final. Then, then you haven't played a meaningful, meaningful football game in a month. That would concern me more. Like it, it really would. If the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and Calgary Stampeders, they play the last game of the season against each other. Yeah. But I'm not resting, guys, if I'm Winnipeg. I know they probably will. Yeah. But if we talk about rest versus rust. That's two weeks of, that's two weeks of rest, which right. I think creates rust. Right. So if they... Uh, if I'm them, I'm... and then and then say Zach Caleros gets hurt, then Mike O'Shea gets you know raked over the coals. That's that's the fifty fifty. That, that, that's exactly right. So yeah, so we'll see. I do want to end this one on uh, on a fun note, Jock. Uh, you had a Dave Dickinson on the coaches show at uh, on Monday night. Uh, we have him every week with Jock Wilson on Sports Talk with Jock, and uh, we saw the. I told you to ask him this question because we saw the celebration of him and Corey Mace <laughs> after the punt return, and Dave talked about with Jock uh, what went into him. What was going through his mind the whole time? <laughs> well, Mace was punching me in the gut, and it's not as tall as it used to be. So uh, I didn't. I wasn't going there. I'm fine with a little like jump and all that. But he's got to remember, I got him by about 15 years. I definitely showed it. So I agree with him. Mace is making me look bad. I'll, I'll work on it. You obviously didn't orchestrate that, or, or you know, choreograph that, or anything. No, I was just, I liked, you know, just kind of one fist in the air, like, you bet. And then uh, I started taking body blow after body blow. <laughs> and I, I had fun with it for a bit till he was really, until uh, he was really taking it to me. And then I had to back <laughs> off. <laughs> oh, man. It, it sucks getting old, doesn't it, coach? <laughs> well, that's the least of my worries in that area. So, anyway, got other things going on. Well, we'll deal well, with it. That's it for episode four of the Calgary Stampeder podcast. I'm Dave McIver. He's Jock Wilson. Of course, this podcast brought to you by Valentine Volvo and Volvo Fine Cars Royal Oak. Hey, we've got the stamps, the riders, 745, Saturday night, pregame show at 6 o'clock. If you can't be down there, you know where to find it, 770 CHQR. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.